The Playmakers Blog presents Fire on High. Featuring your host, Tyler O. What's going on, everyone? You're tuning in to the Fire and High Podcast, and I'm your host, Tyler Jinsky, and this is Tyler's 10 Tips for Week 13. The whole point of these podcasts is to deliver you concise fantasy advice in under 15 minutes, so let's dive in. Tip number one is possibly acquire and definitely start DeAndre Swift. Let's take a look back at Week 10. Uh, the last week, we saw DeAndre Swift on the field. For the last two weeks, he has been uh, nursing a concussion. It sounds like he's been cleared, and he is good to go for this week. But let's revisit the last game he played. Taking a peek at that game, he had an RB5 performance, clear RB1. He sets a season high in snaps at 73%. Rush attempts, he had 76% of the rushing attempts on the team. He had 66% of the time there's a passing uh, down, he was running routes. 16% target share, very good. And they're still using him on the two-minute offense. That's all good numbers. You know, if, if that confuses you for some reason, just... That's all very, very good stuff that's elite usage with those kind of numbers. It's not a surprise he was the RB5 that week. Let's move forward, and now uh, we have Daryl Bevel. He is the head coach. Last time DeAndre Swift played, it was Matt Patricia. He's been fired. Bevel, reportedly, prior to Week 10, when we saw these great numbers out of Swift, was pushing to use Swift more and more and more. The reason we didn't see a lot of Swift early on was because of Patricia. Apparently, either way, the usage was there with Patricia, and now we have Bevel as the head coach. I think Bevel knows what he has in Swift, and will continue to use Swift as the lead number one back. Swift needs to be looked at as an RB1 at this point in time. I think there's a chance maybe we see him eased in in this week, but either way, I think DeAndre Swift has league-winning ability. Try to get him, and you got to start him from here on out. Number two, acquire and start Denzel Mims. Over the last four weeks, only Michael Thomas has seen a higher percentage of his team's air yards. And since becoming a full-time player, Mims has been in the top five in weighted opportunity and top five in uh, air yards, which isn't a surprise considering the last stat, and has been in top 10 in team target share. He has seen at least an 89% snap rate in each of his last four games. Again, throwing a bunch of numbers at you, but what that boils down to is that is absolutely elite usage. And what helps is the Raiders' defense is bad. 16th DVOA, 27th in yards allowed per pass. That's going to be the Raiders' pass defense. In their entire defense, it's it's just not a good situation for the Raiders of trying to stop anybody. I get it's the Jets, but still, the Jets are still going to be able to move the ball. I think Raiders are a nine-point favorite, which tells me the Jets should be throwing. I actually kind of like the Jets to win this game. No, I'm not betting on it, but this is the last winnable game for the Jets, uh, in my opinion, on their entire schedule. If they're not going to go 0-16, this is the week they come through. I think we have been seeing Mims's floor as of late, and his ceiling is going to hit in Week 13 against the Raiders as the Jets get their first win of the season. Start Darnell Mooney. Lions pass defense, also very bad. 28th DVOA, 26 yards allowed per pass. Add in the fact that Mitch Trubisky has historically torched the Detroit Lions. In fact, he has three passing touchdowns in each of the last four meetings. Mooney's a full-time player. He's the clear wide receiver two there, and he's seen it seven targets on average over the last three weeks. Mooney actually has 542 unrealized air yards. 
simply means he's due. If they're looking for him deep down the field, they just haven't connected. It's going to happen this week against the Lions. People have been touting this guy for weeks. Now is not the time to back off when the Bears get the Lions. Start Darnell Mooney. Tip number four, continue to start Giovanni Bernard. You know, the best way to beat the Dolphins is on the ground. Again, run defense in the Dolphins is bad. 25th DVOA, 26 in yards a lot per carry. While I'm uncertain that the Bengals will have the luxury of running the ball, Giovanni Bernard should still get usage to be a low-end RB2. You know, he hasn't surpassed 12 fantasy points since week 8. Uh, he's still getting the majority of the work. In fact, he saw 76% of the snaps last week, which was high over the last couple weeks. Upside is undoubtedly capped, as you know, seeing more than 12 carries is, is not a reality, but he is averaging 5 targets a game over the past 3 weeks. So we'll say he gets 10 carries, 5 targets against the Miami Dolphins. You know, good defense, but not as good against running backs. I, I'm, I'm definitely okay with starting Giovanni Bernard. If he gets a touchdown, you're looking at 16 to 18 points. I think the Bengals will struggle moving the ball downfield against the Dolphins, who are much tougher against the pass with their backup Brandon Allen. They look to Giovanni Bernard early and often. Fire him up, no concerns. Tip number five is trust DJ Chark. Start him up. Yes, he's been banged up, but I am confident starting him in the spot. The Vikings' pass defense is bad. They're allowing 25th most yards allowed per pass. The Vikings' defense is just bad. I think that's all I really need to say. They can't really stop much. I know he has Mike Glennon tossing the ball. Uh, that's suboptimal, less than ideal. But Glennon has gone on record saying that uh, he's basically going to be playing YOLO football. He has nothing to lose. He's going to be tossing it up, and I'd argue that's what happened last week. Mike Glennon was pretty aggressive for his first start in 2020. Uh, Chark has averaged nine targets over the last five active games. Glennon's going, again, going to be looking his way early and often. I am trusting Chark in a pivotal Week 13 matchup. Tip number six is sit all Rams running backs. With Akers getting the least amount of snaps last week, but outperforming the rest of the running backs, things are they're a bit they're a bit muddy right now. And I'm just going to sit all the Rams running backs at this point. Uh, no Rams running back has actually seen a snap rate north of 50% since week seven. You know, Akers is most definitely hold. So I guess this is a sit all Rams running backs, but acquire and hold Akers. I think there's an opportunity for Akers coming up for the first time all year, where if he continues to outshine uh, Malcolm Brown and Henderson, which has proved not hard to do. There's a situation when they, he is the guy moving forward. No, I don't think he's going to be some James Robinson Belkow. But there is a world when he gets 55-60% of the snaps. And to be completely honest, on this offense, that is borderline league-winning stuff. So although we're sitting all of our Rams running backs in Week 13, I'm still a fan of Akers moving forward. Tip number seven is start and stay the course on Damian Harris. Yes, I know James Washington was able to sneak two touchdowns in, but if you look at his peripheral snaps, opportunity, whatnot, it, it didn't change at all. It was just a fluke week for James White, so I'm not necessarily scared off Damian Harris. And not only was it a fluke week for James White, there were some things that actually went in Damian Harris's favor as far as peripherals uh, and opportunity goes. Uh, he had a season high uh, snap rate of 64%, and he was actually playing a lot even when the Patriots were down. The Patriots were barely up in this game, and Damian Harris was still on the field. So Michelle only saw, I think, 2%, 3% of the snaps. He's a non-factor. You just continue to look at the fact that Damian Harris is on the field for pretty much all red zone opportunities. I know Cam Newton exists. That's probably the one thing stopped from Damian Harris forever reaching that RB1 capability. But with that said, Damian Harris is still a low-end RB2. I'm fine with firing up. He's on the field a decent amount. He's getting opportunity, and he's getting work in the red zone. He's a flex option. 
tip number eight. Uh, it's less of a tip because uh, it's about Miles Sanders and everyone's going to be starting Miles Sanders, but I think this is going to be a boom week. So I guess the tip would be start him in DFS. The pass, path of least resistance for the Eagles to win this game or at least stay competitive in this game against the Packers is to absolutely ride Miles Sanders and throw the ball to Miles Sanders throughout the game. I'm not really sure what the Eagles are doing. They seem to be using a lot of Miles Sanders early on in the game and he's doing well and then they forget he exists. It is a bit frustrating, but either way, Miles Sanders is their best option of staying in this game. The Packers are much weaker uh, against running backs, much weaker against running backs catching balls than they are against any type of wide receiver. You know, I think Miles Sanders is arguably the best weapon on the Eagles. They need to use him in this game. I will have Miles Sanders inside of my top eight, possibly top six, going into this week. Have high expectations. Tip number nine, similar to tip number eight, it's Kenny Drake. Obviously, we're starting Kenny Drake at this point in time, but... I think, again, he's got top 10 upside. There's a couple things working into his factor. One, we did see in week 10, uh, Kyler Murray have a bit of a shoulder injury. Um, he came back in the game, seemed to finish, but ended up, he has not been the same uh, quarterback since. Because of that, I think it is no surprise that we see Kenyon Drake have as many targets uh, in the last two weeks as he did from weeks two to week 10. So uh, we got eight games uh, to two games, and there's only one target difference. They're throwing the ball to Kenyon Drake because they need to get the ball to him because he can't throw the ball down the field. I think he's just simple as that. He's just hurt. And then you add in the fact that now Kenyon Drake, who wasn't getting targets, is now getting four or five targets a game, and he's getting his goal line touches. I'm in on that. You get 12, 14 carries a game, add that with five targets, and you're looking at a guy who has possible top 10 upside. Uh, I'm in on Kenyon Drake for the rest of the season. I'm playing him in DFS. A lot of Miles Sanders, a lot, a lot of Kenny Drake this week. Tip number 10, which I know I will regret, but here I am saying this is the very last time I think I can ever tout T.Y. Hilton. So, the first things first, the, the Texans pass defense very bad. 22nd DVOA, 23rd in yards allowed per pass. They can't defend the pass, just a fact. Uh, and then uh, T.Y. Hilton last week had his best week of the year, scored his only touchdown on the year, had over 80 yards, easily his best week on the year. Maybe things are looking up, but what really gets me and is the reason I can't get off of it is Hilton has traditionally absolutely torched the Texans in his career. He has 16 career games against Houston. Hilton averages about five catches and 100 yards in those 16 games. And then if you even look deeper into those 16 games and just look at the games when he actually had a decent quarterback, not some backup, uh, he did even better. So it, Hilton torches the Texans. It, it's very narrative-driven, obviously. Uh, I think you can argue that Hilton is dust at this point. But I'm willing to give Two-Way Hilton one more chance as a deep option. I like the guy this week, and this is the last time on record I'll officially say I'm on T.Y. Hilton. That's going to do it for Tyler's 10 Tips for Week 13. You can find me on Twitter at FFTylero. Don't forget, tell somebody you love them. Later.